All right, welcome back to the big program. Final hour on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Text coming in to one 1440 Sean says, isn't Otani kind of an injury liability now? Well, I mean, that's not a crazy comment to say, only because you're going to invest a half a million dollars in the guy. But he's not going to be pitching next year. He's only going to be hitting. He wants to pitch again. That's a good thing. That's so... I mean, if you were if he were to say, "I'm just going to hit," now he's not worth that. Is he? He's getting the Tommy John surgery. <clears throat> I don't think he's getting Tommy John, uh, but he's getting. He had some sort of a surgery in the off season here. I don't think it's Tommy John. We'll look into that. Okay. Uh, Tomato soup says, "Come on, guys! He ain't playing for the Jays. Come on." <laughs> um, There's still uh, a chance. Uh. John Wachitski says, uh, "Hey, Kevin." Uh, I don't, I've got to, you're going to have to read this one, Duke, because I don't understand it. Uh, but uh, Ryan McLeod for Jake Evans, what do you think? Perplexed Oilers fan. You know, Ryan McLeod's getting a lot of, and I, we were talking about it the last couple days too, Schlemmer. You know, James Hamlin's played great. James yes. Hamlin, he's he's not the answer as your third line center. No. He's just fine in the role he's playing, but he's playing hard. He is. What have you thought of him? I like his game. Mm-hmm. He's been real solid. Um, for the trade proposal, I, I played with Jake Evans a little bit mm-hmm. um, in the minors at the end of my career. He's actually a, an underrated player. Yeah. He's really good on the draw, a really good penalty killer. A um, little bit older. I think he's 26, 27. I think his salary is a little bit lower than McLeod. Could be one of those, you know... Each guy needs a little different change, a new new look, new atmosphere, new locale. Yeah, it's not that's not a bad trade proposal, honestly. Uh, I just, I think I'd hate to see McLeod speed leave. Uh, yeah. I mean, when he if he starts putting the puck in the net, he's a dangerous player. Um, Paul, the chemical guy, he would like to see Cal Pickard play a little more. He says he's the better goalie, sees the screens better, rebound control is better. Thanks, Paul, the chemical guy. Paul's on the chemical. Paul must be a goalie. <laughs> seeing something. I don't know. I'm not seeing. <laughs> he's he's on the chemical, Paul. Um, we're just awaiting uh, Shane Doan to check in, and he's going to call our hotline. What could you say about Shane Doan and his career in the NHL? Fifteen hundred and forty games, four hundred two goals. He's got. Almost 1,000 points, 972, but he's got 1,353 PIMS. He's kind of like the, he was like a Rick Tockett light, maybe a little bit, you know. Yeah. He would, you know, Tockett was a bigger, tougher guy, I think you'd you'd say that, but Shane Doan was. Fight more, for sure. I don't know know if anyone's stronger than Shane Doan. And (laughs) he had old man strength when he was 18. Oh, yeah. And that's from throwing bales on the farm. Yeah. And he has his ACL, not like the Duke. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that's really impressive with with Shane Doan uh, is that he played all his entire career with one team, one franchise, one season in Winnipeg. Right. So, I mean, and he started out, you could say his start, the start of his career was people were still wondering, is this guy going to be a legitimate power forward in the NHL? He had a rough go in Winnipeg his first year. The next year in, in Phoenix then, a rough goal. 
rough go the next year. Plays half the season in the American Hockey League in his third pro season. He played half the year in Springfield. And then even the year after that, it still didn't come to him yet. Easy. Stuck Uh, stuck with it. Not easy, but, I mean, he's still finding his way as a 22-year-old player. Still finding his way. But then all of a sudden, in in 99-2000, everything clicks. And what it was, well, we're going to find out. We're going to ask him. We're going to find out. We're going we're gonna to find out what it was when it changed. But, I mean, bang, starts ripping off. 26, 26, 20, 21, 27, 30, 27, 28, 31 for goals. There you go. So Found the magic. We found the magic. I think we're just getting them on the line yeah. here. So time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in Shane Doan to Sports 1440. Shane, you're with Kevin Carries and David Schlemko. Thanks for coming on this morning. Oh, thank you guys for having me on. Hey, Schlemmer, how you doing, big boy? I'm doing great, Donner. How about you, bud? <laughs> I'm doing well. Right on. Doing well. How often and how hard was it to keep Schlemmer in line all those years in Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it was, it was never hard to keep him in line. We might have done it often, but it was never hard to keep him in line. <laughs> uh, you guys played what four seasons or so together? Well, what was it like for you, Donor? You know what? It was one of those things that I, I watched Schlemmer kind of become just the as a young guy when he came in and then he started to get confidence and started to show what he was capable of you could see his ability to handle the puck and and be deceptive and and make moves and and do things and yet he was always at first I don't think he was confident to do that and then as he got more and more confident it was just fun to watch him grow into the player that he was and um he was so valuable for us and such a big part of our team and it was it was a lot of fun to see a guy that comes from he was playing in Medicine Hat and kind of growing and then become an NHL player that was a bonafide NHL top four defenseman in the, in the league. And I was just, I was really impressed with yeah. the, with what he did and how he did it. And Schlemmer, what do you recollect when you first met Shane Doan when you came to Arizona? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Doner had a knack. I mean, I've said it on this show before that he's the best captain I ever had, but Donor has a good knack for making everybody feel important, whether you're a player, whether you're staff, whether you're just some fan he just met. So um, I, I was able to feel comfortable right away coming in, even as a call-up coming in from the minors. And, uh, you know, that's that's huge for a young guy, especially a guy like me not being drafted mm-hmm. and not really having any of that experience with uh, some of the high picks that come in for the development camps and yeah. that. So I was pretty eyes wide open coming <laughs> in and, and Donor made me feel uh, real comfortable. And you guys, would well, you say you were a veteran group, Shane, that, you know, that welcomed him in like Schlemmer and you had Dave Tippett obviously too. So, Yeah, yeah. And that was a big part of it for us. When we started having success, it was because of our back end and we added with adding, you know, you bring in the young guys, which we had Schlemmer and, and OEL and, and, and Keith Yandel and some younger defensemen, and you paired them up with, like, Adrian Acoin and Derek Morris and Michael Roosevelt and Rusty Klesla. And all of a sudden, we started to have a back end that was capable. We won the West, and we had a, a pretty good team. And, 
it was a lot of fun to to see that happen. And and then Schlemmer being from Alberta is always special. Yeah. So that, it was easy for me to make him feel welcomed and <laughs> part of the team because any Albertans are always welcomed. <laughs> I love it. You know, that's where we're going to go with this is we're with uh, Shane Doan, Kevin Carey's and David Schlemko on Sports 1440. So Shane, you're always going to be tied to the draft of 95 here in Edmonton. And, uh, you know, everyone was calling your name. They wanted the Oilers to select you. Uh, the Oilers selected uh, uh, Steve Kelly one pick before you, but I mean, for years going on, did you ever think what your life would have turned out and how things would have turned out differently for you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, w- I was the biggest diehard Oilers fan you'll ever meet. Yeah. I, you all, I mean, and there's well half of Alberta, you know, the <laughs> northern half of Alberta. We're all Oilers fans with the run that they had in the 80s and anyone that grew up as a young boy in the 80s. It just made the, it made everything so amazing. So that was that was huge to have the draft in Edmonton and, and I've thought about it, but then, you know, once, once they didn't pick me, mm-hmm. it was kind of like you were, is the girl that you like that didn't like you. And now you really <laughs> don't like her. kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was always, that was always really, uh, so I always look forward to the opportunity to playing against Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the, the, the thing that I look most forward to is finding a way to win that game. Yeah. I mean, when I came back to Edmonton, even in my ninth, tenth year in the league, I always still felt a little bit nervous playing at home in front of my friends and family. Do you feel the same or no? Oh, 100%. And and it's that good feeling, like that excited feeling, that feeling like when you looked at the – you always looked at the calendar to see where it was and when it was that you were going to be playing Edmonton. You kind of hoped for maybe in October or in March where it wasn't quite as cold. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, at the same time, you'd kind of do whatever you could, uh, whenever you could, and that was probably the biggest part of it. Was that you just you got excited about it, and you had an opportunity to to play in front of friends and family, and it was Northlands at that time, yeah. which made yeah. it, which made it so special. And the fact that that's what I grew up watching the Oilers playing, and that was you know I remember going to my first Oilers game. They, they played the Minnesota North Stars at the time, and Neil Broughton beat them, and that wasn't very much fun. But I got to go to, like, one game in my life as a kid, and they lost. I was so devastated. <laughs> Shane Doan with us. Uh, Kevin Carey's David Schlemko on Sports 1440. When you, when you broke into the NHL, Shane, with Winnipeg and then all the years after in Phoenix, it, was, it didn't come as easy as it maybe – a lot of people thought it did for you at the end of your career because they always think, oh, you know, he was just pumping out 25, 30 goals a year. But at the start, it was tougher. So where and when and how did it change for you where it became, you know, things started to slow down for you, I guess? Well, I went through four different coaches in my first four years, and that obviously made it a little bit more difficult. That than doesn't the fact help. That, no, yeah, because you're always having to – prove that you can play and I was the youngest guy on the team so that always made it kind of feel like it was going to be a little bit more difficult to get ice time and it's going to be a little bit more difficult harder to get an opportunity to play because a new guy would come in and be like oh hey Shane so I played on the fourth line and play physical okay let's let's really focus on being solid defensive and I was like hey there was a time when I could score but um, (laughs) that might have passed And, and that was kind of just par for the course in regards to the in in the in regards to the in regards to the just being 
a young guy in the NHL. Yeah. So um, that's also the hard part. When when I watch young guys now start to struggle with their confidence and for it to be difficult, it's always like you, you never know. The situation matters so much who, where they go and, and, and what type of environment they're in. And, and he, I find that that's kind of the new thing that makes me so fascinated with the NHLs. Uh, what they need to develop next is kind of that environmental awareness, and I think that's huge. Hmm. Yeah. Is that something you kind of always remembered uh, from starting out being a young guy? Because I remember you were the only kind of leader captain I ever had, and I played on a lot of teams uh, that would <laughs> stay out so late. You were always out there, like one of the last guys on the ice, just shooting with the young guys, playing games, whatever. Um, that have something to do with you being a young guy coming up as an 18 year old a hundred percent yeah like i and i really like i'm a genuine fan like schlemmer is an nhl hockey player mm-hmm. and played in the nhl and i got to be friends with nhl players and that was one of like that was kind of the cool part like like obviously everything that the nhl player does is, is unique and cool but to to genuinely be friends with them is, is something that I really, really enjoyed. And and so playing those games and doing that was was a big part of it. But I think that environment that you create as an organization is so vital for people to feel um, important and valued and, and somebody, something that can really help a group. And for me, that was probably more than anything. It's just trying to find an environment that, people enjoy being at the rink because when you enjoy being at the rink, you, you'll, you'll do a little extra. You'll find a reason to, to stay on the ice a little longer. And, and that's all I think contributes to your team being better. Shane Doan with us on sports 1440. So I'm assuming uh, donor that you're like pretty well, every guy that's played in the NHL that you don't necessarily miss the game, but you miss the guys. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It's the relationships. It's always the relationships. It's, you know, I'm talking with, with, even once I've retired, Schlemmer and Chipper or Kyle Chipchura will yeah. text or do something. And we'll we'll do something, to, and it's immediate. It's like the yeah. the second you see a, a text from those guys, you, it brightens your day and you get excited because those are the relationships that you developed and the guys that you know and like, and and, and you can't wait to hear from them or talk to them. And, and when you're together, it feels like it's could have you could have been playing yesterday together, even though it's been you know five, mm-hmm. ten, fifteen years for some of the guys that I come across now and. It's so cool to have those opportunities to do that, and it's so cool to have uh, those relationships. And without a doubt, it's it's that. But I really do miss playing in the in the games too. Like I really do. I love to play. I play with the alumni. I play with a rec league team. And it's fun. I was going to say, so I kind of miss play. playing too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's because you had the sickest toe drag ever, Schlemmer. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to get Donor on every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Vern Fiddler yeah, too, the four of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. Good Fids on here. Fids yeah, well, his boy's, his boy's about to be go really high in the draft. He's a good hockey player. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's big having kid. a good year. Yeah. I was actually, yeah, I, I, I was, really uh, donor. I was talking to Kyle Chipchur about uh, uh, Blake Fiddler yesterday, and just yeah, to, didn't he work with you guys? Wasn't he there with you guys, Slimmer and Chipper? Um, he yeah. didn't end up coming to NAX, but uh, Chipper is working with the Oil Kings this year as a uh, player ah. development. So uh, yeah, he's okay. working with them. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah so, and he's that kid's a good hockey player. Yeah, he's and big too. He's six foot three already, still yeah. growing into his body. 
He could, he can eat an apple off a verdant head. Shane Doan with us on uh, Sports fourteen forty. We've got lots of texts uh, about uh, the farm in Halkirk and uh, how uh, it's Bernie's one of the nicest people I've ever met. That's your dad. Uh, <laughs> how often do you, do you kind of get back there and just kind of you know touch on you know growing back and everyone talks about your your old man strength that you had from being on the farm. You know when you're you know a young young guy. So just to touch on that, Shane. Yeah, that that's well. That's good. I enjoy the farm a lot. I enjoy coming home and being in, in Hellkirk and being back there. It's something that uh, my kids enjoy. It. I enjoy it. My daughter was just there for for a week, looking at the horses and going over the horses. Both my my youngest son and my youngest daughter went back and worked on the ranch this summer, and they do it every summer. And I usually try to get out. It's going to be way more difficult now with the new position, but I try to get out two or three times. This uh, either in the spring and then in the fall and then once during the summer. Maybe not as much during the winter, but in the spring, <laughs> fall, and summer, yeah. I tend to get there as much as I can. But uh, um, it's a special place. And, yeah, I had an opportunity to grow up doing all that stuff. That, and I agree, there's an element that that kind of that, that farmer strength is, is, is valuable, and I, I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to get that. Do you, uh, do you still have the ranch in Cave Creek? No, I don't, Slammer. I'm oh, heartbroken. Ah. I did, yeah. We, you know what? With everything going on with the kids, and there really just wasn't much time to kind of do. I, I, when I first retired, I was team roping usually every Monday and maybe Thursday. And then my horse got hurt, and I missed the boat. He got hurt, and I, he went vicular on me for a little bit, so we had to do some stuff with him. So then we missed the boat, I don't know, six, eight months, and I never got back into the routine of doing it. And then I took a job and did this and that, and then Life we decided. And we were, yeah, we we regretted it the minute that we did it, but at the same time, it was it was the only thing we could do. And then the people that were running it with Shelly and she, her kids were, her grandkids were starting to play hockey, and they wanted to watch. And then a couple other things happened, so we were like, okay, this is. And then the second we did it, we're like, ah, you know what? We wish we had. <laughs> and yeah. so, but that's okay. It was a good decision. Right Shane on. Doan with us on Sports 1440. Text coming in, one 1440 This comes from John W. Uh, if you can ask Shane about his brother and Shane being on the TV show Man Tracker. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Your poor brother, that you left fun. in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we had a good time doing that. He, he loved that show, like loved that show. And I was in the U.S. and it hadn't really made it to the U.S. the way it was in Canada at the time. Yeah. And it just started, it was kind of weird earlier on in the seasons. And he asked me, he's like, hey, he was teasing me about, he's like, if you're a big deal, you can get us on this show, Man Tracker. And I was laughing about the fact that I wasn't a big deal and I couldn't. And so I said, okay, well, I'll make one phone call. And when I did, it was funny because they asked, they're like, hey, um, we'd love to have you on, but with another player. And I was like, oh, I'm, the only reason I'm doing this is because of my brother. And I can find you two players, though. If you want two players, I'll get you two players. So I... Schlemmer, I suggested Mo and Lanks. I was like, hey, you guys oh, talked to dude. That would have been great. <laughs> hey, well, how could, neither of them would have said very much, but uh, <laughs> um, they, it would have been unbelievable, and they would have flown through that whole thing. They would have been great at it. But I suggested them, 
And then they're like, well, I mean, if your brother really wants to do it, and then they asked if he was cool. They're like, is your brother cool? I'm like, what? I, he, yeah, I think he's cool. He's my brother. I think. And so then after about, I don't know, it was probably about 10 minutes, they called back, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it with you guys. And I was like, oh, all right. So then I called my brother, and he was like, wait, we're really doing this? Like, okay. <laughs> Um, I got to talk to my boss, and he's like, "No, I'll I'll, ret- I'll I'll quit if they don't let me do this. I'll quit. I won't do. I won't work anymore." So then, uh, yeah, it was. We had a blast. It was. They were un- absolutely unbelievable. Terry, the guy that's man tracker, yeah. was incredible. Ehor, the director, was great. Um, all the people that uh, Lawrence and the cameraman, those guys were incredible. We had so much fun doing it, and it was an absolute. The only part of it that's not realistic is that they can't. They can't track you at night, so you can't move at night, which makes sense. Like, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. So when it gets dark, you have to stop moving, which is petrifying when you're laying down in the middle of a forest. And you've seen, we'd seen (laughs) probably six or seven black bears on that. And then, and before we left, this lady showed us a picture of this grizzly bear that she just saw out there. And oh my gosh, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm not sleeping for the night. So in between the two of us, we kept, "Are, are you awake? And they say, hey, are you awake? You have some bear spray at least? (laughs) Yeah, we had a bear spray and a bear banger, but they asked us not to use them because it's hard on the bears. I'm like, hey, I'm not planning on using them, but um, if I do, it's not going to be because it's being, I'm worrying about the bear at the moment. It's it's the old saying, uh, are you a faster runner than your brother? That's all that matters, right? (laughs) That's exactly it. Well, I was going to trip him early. (laughs) Once he was down, I'd circle back to see how he did if, if, but uh yeah exactly that well that was, was the story better. wasn't it didn't you leave him in his in your dust once you're in a little bit better shape <laughs> than your brother at that time <laughs> you know what at the end he was running out of gas and we were down <laughs> to the we were trying to get across the finish line and i was i had the map and we're running down the road and he was behind us my brother saw a truck and he we hadn't like, there was no vehicles in the area zero none like we hadn't seen anybody the entire time. And this is the first time we're on a road and he sees a truck and he thinks the truck is it's parked on the side of the road. That's got to be the finish line. <laughs> but I've looked at the map and I'm like, no, that's in my head. I'm like, that's not right. That's got to be at a Y on the road is where the finish line is. And, and so he takes off running really hard. So he ran like full sprint. I'm like, Brooke, Brooke, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> And then he gets there and he's like, oh, we made it. I'm like, yeah, we got like another half a mile to go. And then he was done. Like he was having a hard time running up. (laughs) So, yeah, at that point, I kind of pulled ahead of him a little bit. So um, it was fun. We had a blast. That's cool. Really good story. Uh, Shane Doan with us on Sports 1440. Uh, You've you've represented Canada so many times on the ice and and now doing it uh, in management. Uh, What's... That always like for you, I guess, uh, when you've been involved with uh, Hockey Canada, Shane? You know what? I've been so blessed by Hockey Canada and, and the men and women that are involved in it and the people that are involved in it and how much they care about the people and the, and the participants and what everyone does. It's, it was, it's been an absolute incredible opportunity. Um, as a player, it was unbelievable. Um, anytime. I think I grew up with Rendezvous 87 and uh, Canada Cups, and uh, I grew up hearing the stories of 72 and, and everything that kind of went along with that. That's uh, quite a bit older than you, Schlemmer, so don't, don't worry about that. But yeah, but all of that stuff kind of, my first jersey was a Team Canada jersey, so I wanted the chance to play or do anything with Team Canada. has been 
so special for me. And, and then doing it on the management side from the Spangler and the Olympics and the World mm-hmm. Championships and all that stuff, it's it was um, it's been incredible. And the, the people that you again, it goes back to the relationships and the people that you get to know and and the people that I got to be around and the men and women that I got to be become friends with that are you know part of your life forever. It's it's incredible. And then the players. Getting an opportunity to ask someone to be on an Olympic team is pretty cool feeling, and, and and same with World Championships and the Spangler, and seeing their reaction to play for our country is we have so much pride in as a country in hockey, and it's so special. Yeah, I remember Donor called me about four years ago, about half yeah, I did. Half, <laughs> half the year into my retirement, asked me about the Spangler oh. Cup. So I don't think you want yeah. to see me at the Spangler Cup. <laughs> I'm skating in about three I months. <laughs> Holy I was, moly. I was really hoping that he'd say yes. Because uh, oh. uh, that would have been one of the cooler things. But uh, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. That, that I, I, I did the exact same thing. The exact same thing happened to me when I was I'd retired. Um, Sean Burke had called me and talked. To, he hmm. tried to convince Jerome and I to come play at the Olympics in 2018, and we both were humming and hawing, and <laughs> oh, ended yeah. up making the right decision on not on not doing it. Because I was I was trying to convince Schlemmer though. Then we were talking to somebody else too. You had someone else. And I was like, "There's two of you, wasn't there?" Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember Chip? honestly. Was Chip? Were we trying oh, to get man. Chip? Was he in? Maybe he was in the K channel. Yeah, he was in the K. Yeah, yeah, I think he was in China. Wasn't yeah. he playing in that China team? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, we, were trying to, we were trying to get him to come. Oh, that would have been fun. And what a uh, reunion but, uh, that would have been. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the Spangler yeah. is, as a hockey fan, and uh, it is one of the most enjoyable mm-hmm. experiences I've ever been to. That building they have, they call it the Cathedral yeah. of Hockey. It's a, it's made out of all wood. Yeah. It looks almost like a church from the outside, and that's why they call it the cathedral. And it's it's special, and that location is special. It's a, it's not cheap, but it mm-hmm. is an unbelievable experience. It's wow. really cool. Yeah, you should have cool. done it, Schlemmer. Should I think I would have embarrassed myself? No. <laughs> <laughs> was it like was it like Rocky Donor, where you call you know like about two weeks before and you got to train for it and. Yeah, he was. I was seeing if he could run out and start doing the, you know, the no shirt push ups yeah. and the hanging from logs in the trees and the forest oh, and all that. Oh way. yeah, we were going to push him. Stuff that Schlemmer loves to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love working out. You know, I always with when we get uh, teammates, former teammates, friends on uh, Shane. I always kind of give an open mic to whoever we're talking to. If you if you got a question for. For Dave or Dave, you got a question for for Shane. So if you guys can think of something up here, uh, kind of off the cuff here, go ahead, Schlemmer. Sure, I got something. I I just wanted to ask you about. It anyways, we didn't get to it, but um, you had you had an amazing playing career. Obviously, you're into management now, and um, how cool is it to watch uh, your son Josh? Mm. I believe he's still at ASU, and uh, how cool is it to watch him kind of coming up and going through the same stuff that you went through. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, the opportunity to watch him play is is, is pretty special. And and he actually turned pro this year, and that's mm. one of the reasons. Oh, nice. Not the reason. I, not the reason I left, but he's now with the Coyotes organization. And one of the added benefits was that I kind of moved away, so that I didn't. And, and, and by no means was it, was it the reason, and yeah. um, at all. But it is a benefit that he has his own space, to kind of be around Stan and Tony and those guys for training camp and he had a good training camp and he had a good exhibition season and he, he nice. got to be around those guys and it was on his own and it's totally 
it was really special. And oh man, I I love playing, but man, I can watch him play all day. It's so fun to watch him play, and um, he's having fun time down in Tucson, and uh, he's enjoying it. And um, I get to, they're they're one of my teams that I scout for the for, <laughs> for Toronto. Nice. Like, can hey, you want to watch Tucson Roadrunners? I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll do that. <laughs> I can watch that team. That can be my team. I'll know everything that's going on in that team. So, so you're yeah, still living in Arizona then? Yeah, yeah. I, nice. I'm, I'm down here watch in Arizona for probably like 10 days a month, and I'm in Toronto for like 21 days, hmm. maybe, maybe a little bit more than that. So I, I, I spend a lot of time up there, okay. but at the same time still get home for enough that I can watch usually two games live and then uh, with, with Tucson and two games live with the Coyotes and do my reports on them. So. Hmm. Reunited with uh, the tree, that's going well? Yeah, I love tree. He's such a good man. He's, he's a, a guy. guy. That, uh, yeah, he is. And he's a big part of the re- like that idea of, you know, environment and relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty special, and that's something that uh, um, I was, you know, he's a guy that, that we've known for a long time. I I'm, I met him in like old three, I think, my or my wife did. My wife met his wife, and we kind of became friends back in old three. And then, um, yeah, so the opportunity was pretty special. Have, awesome. you, Congrats, have you got one for Schlemmer donor or not? Yeah, Schlemmer. As you get as you get now into full on into the retirement side, what is your goals now? Like, I wanted to know what. Like, are you doing the do you want to do the coaching side? Do you want to do management side? What is kind of your thoughts on all that? Do you want to be in hockey? Do you want to stay out of it? Yeah, that's that- a good question, Donor. I don't know. Honestly, um, I, was, I was doing the coaching at uh, NAX and kind of the academy thing. Um, yeah. I uh, try to switch it up a little bit this year. I'm taking a, a real estate course. Um, Going to get into nice. some commercial real estate. Try that out maybe next year and uh, just try something outside of hockey. Um I always want to stay in the game and be a part of it. I'm still doing skill development with all the academy teams and that. But, uh, yeah, trying out this radio thing and maybe try out some real estate and just keep my options open. Well, I, uh, the coolest part about hockey is that I think it teaches – When towards the end of my career, I was struggling with the idea of, like, what was the point of it all? Like, you play hockey and you're done at 35 or whenever you're done, 40, whatever it is that you're done at – you you're lucky if you're done at 35, 40, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yeah, I agree. You're right. You're right. Um, and that's that's a big part of, of uh, but you learn so much from the game. Like you learn so much from the game on how to deal with people, how to handle coaches, how to handle success, how to handle failures. And when you view it that way and you look at it that way, then you're like, oh, you know what? This is great. And everything I'm learning from the game, I'm going to be able to take with me. And so all the things that you learned as a player going into whatever you do next, whether it's your real estate handling. I mean, you dealt with multi-million dollar contracts already. You've dealt with large, like NHL contracts are big. They're big money and they have huge impact. So you've dealt with all of that stuff already. You've dealt with clients and you've dealt with coaches and you've had to, all those things make it so cool when you when you get a chance to play and when you're done to, to take all those skills and do some other stuff that I'm excited for you. That's cool. I'm really excited. Thanks, Tony. Uh, Shane, can't thank you enough for taking the time this morning. Uh, really appreciate it. And, and it was uh, good to talk about some old times with a, you know, a good friend of yours and uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for doing this. 
Yeah, well, Schlemmer calls in, that's no problem. So if you, uh, if you ever need me again, Schlemmer, for anything, you let me know. Uh, thanks, Don. I appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck with uh, Toronto. All right, thanks so much. See you, Schlemmer. Yeah. See you, Dave. Thanks. Yeah. All right, that's uh, former NHLer, now working uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, in the management department, uh, Shane Doan, uh, and our headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr., uh, for all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. And I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but everyone that ever meets Shane or whatever, it's one of the best. Be- one of the best guys ever. Yep. I mean, and that was fun. That was a good. That was, you know, he was he's such a good interview, and he he throws himself out there. The Mad Tracker stuff was great. Dude. Yeah, you know? I forgot about that. <laughs> I was actually playing with him when he did that. Oh, really? I remember we watched it in the room. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> he must have come back from that. You know, the taping of it and went. You know, like I'm basically I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm from City Slickers, Billy Crystal, and everything going for Curly's Gold here. You know, from you know that's probably coming in, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. probably had the the big long you know Outrider jacket going. Oh yeah, well, yeah. he's yeah. he's legit country boy. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right, he's legit. Like when I was asking about that ranch, and that's yeah. they they had a ranch in Cave Creek in Arizona yeah. with horses and all that. We'd have all our team parties out there. Oof. That could be some fun. Uh, when we come back, uh, hey, we saved it for the last uh, little bit. Uh, are you in or are you out? And it's going to be for Elevate Your Game from Ram Lifts. Uh, that's coming up. Carrie Schlemko on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Yeah, I was just saying, I thought we were going to have the man tracker theme coming here, coming home here, Duke. I don't know if there is one, but it would be cool to see if there is one. Um. We're going to do in or out uh, right now. Are you in or are you out? And also... Uh, we're going to do a little uh, brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts as well. Uh, elevate your game brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts. And I promise you, uh, Schlemmer and I and the Duke will be elevating our game for Are You In or Are You Out? Forbes best rated residential elevators manufactured right here in Edmonton. Visit TrustRam.com for more information. So the Duke has again worked up uh, a few uh, points, counterpoints for Are You In or Are You Out? Go ahead, Duke. Well, with the Oilers uh, riding a three-game winning streak for you, we start right there with our local club. And uh, one of the big storylines coming out of last night, the Oilers' penalty kill. Five for five on the night. Has had a lot of success versus Vegas heading back to the playoffs. Uh, After last night, they've climbed to 19th overall in the league at a 78.6 percentage. Also near the top of the league in shorthanded goals scored. But what I'm saying is that by the season's end, the Oilers' penalty kill will finish alongside the power play in the league's top 10. Ooh. You want me to go first, Schlemmer? You can take this you one You know what? First. I'm going to say I'm going to go out on this. But, again, the Duke, he oh, he's just skinnies the line all the time. <laughs> so I, st- I think they're going to finish in the top 12, but not the top 10. That's so very I, specific. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. I, I'm t- oh, there's a lot there. of – that's, a, that's two, two places. So even though, I mean, there's a difference right now. Buffalo sits 10th, 84.2%. As you said, the Duke – at 19 right now where the Oilers are, 78.6%. It's a lot to make up. Still early, but I'm going to say I am out on the Oilers being a top 10 penalty kill unit by the end of the year. I'm with you, Kev. I am 100% out. As nice as of a little run as this has been on the PK, I, I, I don't see them sustaining it all year. I think they've done a good job of pressuring on entries the last few games. I think that's been a, been a huge difference for the PK, but over the course of an 82-game season, I, I don't see them finishing in the top half of the PK. 
And Dave, do, like, do you think that's partially due to the fact that like there's there's still not a team necessarily built to be defensive juggernauts? And Stuart Skinner is a is a fine goaltender. He's a Calder finalist last year, but we've seen so far this season almost an inability to really come up with the huge big save when the team needs it most so between like some defensive letdowns that we've seen throughout the course of the year and maybe your goaltender not being otherworldly like does that play the biggest factor in terms of a penalty kill success they always say your goalie has to be your best penalty killer uh yeah i was just gonna say that um yeah i think that's a huge part of it i think skinner's a good goalie he's a good goalie i the biggest concern for me is just how messy it is in front of the net Second chances, tips, rebounds with uh, the Oilers' decor right now. Mm-hmm. Moving, moving over to the other side of special teams, uh, Evander Kane sliding into the top unit on the power play last night, scores a goal for his efforts uh, in place of Zach Hyman, who was out with an illness. I'm saying with the way Evander Kane has played the entirety of this season and showing uh, getting on the score sheet in that spot last night, he deserves more looks on the top power play unit. <laughs> Absolutely out. Um, where, where are you going to put him? You're going to slide him in and take Hyman out, who's your leading goal scorer, who does a great job in, the, in that spot? I don't think so. Um, all the other guys do a great job in their spots they have on the first unit. And the PP is different. I mean, I love the way Evander's playing five on five. He plays hard, physical. He's got a great shot. But on the PP... All I ever see him do is get the puck on the flank and take a wrist shot. Right? He's he's not really that kind of cerebral power play guy. I don't I don't think he belongs on the top unit. It's a tough one. Again, you have your top two goal scorers, 12 goals for Hyman, 11 for Kane. And you saw what Kane did uh, last night on the power play. He gobbled up the rebound, and that's what you want, especially when the power play isn't working with the seam pass or something down low. But I will agree with you, Schlemmer. I'm out on this only because... You have a great option already. Yeah. Moving over to the NBA, who, much to Kevin's uh, chagrin, has moved on from the group play part of the in-season tournament. <laughs> but I think make, making what? making bigger headlines is the news, uh, or reports, I should say, that Mark Cuban selling a stake in the Dallas Mavericks um, still will maintain uh, or be the governor and maintain the control on basketball decisions. But going back to when he bought the team in 2000, they've been to a finals, won an NBA championship, and has not been afraid to be outspoken on defending his players against whether it be refereeing or whatever the case. As a result, I'm saying that Dallas or Mark Cuban's involvement as owner of the Dallas Mavericks should be a level that other pro sports owners aspire to be. I'll go, I am in on this. The biggest thing for an owner is to have everybody, everybody's back in the organization, and he has that. Uh, I'm a big Mark Cuban fan. I love Shark Tank. I think <laughs> he's leaving Shark Tank. Yeah, well, well, here's what I think he should do. Personally, I think he should go on Shark Tank and be one of the guys and say, "Mr. Wonderful, I will give you, I don't know, twenty five percent." of the Dallas Mavericks for $10 billion and see what uh, O'Leary says. That's, that would be great. Wouldn't you love to see that? $10 million for a quarter of the franchise? A billion, I said. I <laughs> Whatever it is. I'm just throwing a number out there. But I, I think you, as an owner, you want to see him support and be behind your team, behind your players, behind your management. I think Cuban's done that. He's fought. For his team, that's what you want. So uh, I'm I'm in, as I think uh, other owners should aspire to be what Mark Cuban was or is or what will be. I'm mostly with you, Kev. Okay. Um, 
I, I do like how involved he is, how he has everyone's back. He's he's kind of the face of the franchise, honestly, yeah. right? But I think it's a double-edged sword a little bit when the owners, ownership gets too involved in the everyday tactics and play of the team. I think that's where it can kind of cross the line. All right. Duke, you, you must like... You like Cuban, I assume. I, I I think because like what Schlemmer said, there is a line to toe because we see it like Jerry Jones is the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. Like I think that is too far. What David Tepper does with the mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers, I think they are too involved. And we've seen it in, in a couple hockey markets as well. Carolina kind of probably being at the front of people's thoughts. So there is a fine line, but I think Cuban goes about it in in a correct way that he isn't you know his full hand in the honey pot yeah, uh, he's agreed. more so handing a spoon to everyone else to to get in there and get their fair share so um in the le- next question i save this one for schlemko uh, despite this <laughs> this news came out earlier this week the nhl all-star format returning to the schoolyard draft version of selecting teams and it's funny we just had shane Doan on i, I it'll totally forgot about it till we had him that the original one, there was a little uh, spoof video made between Paul Bizanet and Shane Doan where they did some drafting, I think, on TSN or Sportsnet mm-hmm. of, uh, of some all-star teams. So uh, with Schlemko being around when they first kicked this thing into uh, action, I believe, uh, I'm saying that this is the best version of the all-star game when okay. they do the schoolyard draft. I'm in on that. Yeah, I'm in all the way. I, I remember the first the first one yeah. Phil got drafted last. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were talking about it yesterday with Ovi. Oh, yeah, right? Ovi because Ovi wanted the, the car. car. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it just brings some entertainment, yeah. right? I think a lot of the all-star games are kind of not the best, yeah. you know? So I'm whatever, whatever brings a little en- entertainment value, I'm all for it. Uh, I'll just tell a quick story before about two years ago, I was at global and they did a massive thing across Canada for HR. You had to participate. It was mandatory. They took a person from Edmonton all across everywhere. And you had a group chat. And one of the questions from the moderator was when you were a kid on the playground, were you one of the first kids picked or were you one of the last kids picked? And so it's, you know, went da, 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 da. And the lady says to me, and Kevin, what were you? And I said, I was the guy doing the picking. (laughs) (laughs) I was the captain. Very, uh, very apt. And uh, last one for you guys, steering away from the world of sports. This one came to mind because I went for a grocery run yesterday after work, and I could not believe the number of shopping carts just out in the wind, rolling around aimlessly in the parking lot with no owners to them. So it, it made me think, and say that uh, whether or not a person puts a shopping cart back into the cart corral is an accurate representation of their human character. I'll take this one first. Can't 100% Duke. I'm so glad you put this in here. This is one of my all-time pet peeves. Yep. Like I'll, I'll pick up extra carts on the way back to the okay. corral because that is just... Such a gutless move. Are these the carts that have the... Where you push the thing and you can get a loony still or what? Depends either on, either depends way, on where it, it is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like if you can't walk okay. twenty feet to put your cart back, you're just a piece of trash human being. What I'm saying is that you never find those carts, do you? Oh, like with the with loony the, deposit, the loony deposit. Those yeah. are always put back into the. But I hate that too because sometimes you don't have a loony on you. Fair. <laughs> But you don't see those carts straggling around town. You do still so sometimes. When I was still living in Fort Saskatchewan, the Walmart there has the loony thing for the carts, which is weird because mm-hmm. the one over here in the west of and west end of Edmonton does not. But besides the point, that 
like there was still them out there like a dollar to some people is like nothing yeah. yes that's or what whatever, I mean. right yeah. and so they'll still leave it out like if they're that like schlemmer's saying that big of a dirt bag <laughs> that they're like oh what's a dollar to me i don't care I'll leave my cart in the middle of this parking spot and uh, or worst case, a big gust of wind comes by and yeah. blows. It'll ding up somebody's vehicle. Like exactly. it is just, it is just the most gutless, <laughs> low ball, gutless. airbag oh, move. Duke. I'm with you. It, it, it rattles me. Like me it makes me so mad. <laughs> and this, this did not happen yesterday. It was happening to me before. I was pushing mine in and locked eyes with someone yeah. who's like finishing putting their bags into their vehicle. <laughs> they locked eyes with me, just got in their vehicle and drove away, left the cart sitting right there in the stall next to it. Did you flip them off? I wanted to chase them down <laughs> and go run them off the road. I couldn't believe it. Woo, Could not Duke, believe he's it. on fire with the shopping carts. I, obviously, I'm in as well on that. Uh, that was uh, Elevate Your Game, brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts Manufacturing, the safest elevator since 1987. TrustRam.com. And yes, the Duke was bringing his game and elevating his game. Don't Hit mess, a nerve today. Don't mess around with the Duke in any uh, parking lot with the shopping carts. There could be hell to pay. There could be. Yeah. If I catch it in the act, I think there's an entire YouTube channel dedicated to that, actually, where this guy just wanders around and, like, confronts people on camera that don't put their shopping cart You know cart what back. would be real cool, Love Slammer? It. Like, you have the ability here because, well, both of us, we can find one in the parking lot here. And the, we know where the Duke parks. Just leave it out by his truck. <laughs> Could you imagine him coming out of here after Fantasy Frenzy? That would make so... There's not any store anywhere close to this end of the mall that I'll uses find shopping cart. We'll find one. <laughs> we'll You'd have to go happen. all the way down to like TNT here and roll one down the middle of the mall floor and then just out the side doors here and put it in front of my truck. A, I could see you doing that because you have... <laughs> Aren't you going down to the Oilers practice or something? Like, yeah. don't you have anything better to do, Kevin? Than- <laughs> I'm going to find a cart and just put it in there. Uh, we're back to wrap things up on uh, Sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, the Duke, as he often does with the fifth question of uh, are you in or out, he, he has a pulse on the city, Schlimmer. Yeah, he knows how to hit a nerve. Yeah, he has a pulse on the city. Uh, and B, actually a really good point. Hey, KK, the key, the key to a good practical joke is to not tell the person you're about to doing it would have been really funny. Having said that, again, there aren't any carts around here up top. No. You'd have to, we'd have to go and really you have have to, to, be go committed. to the other side of the mall to find one. I don't know. Where do you go to, Duke, to well, get a I, I, I was trying to think because like, there's a, sh- a London Drugs, but that's down below. And I don't know if they actually have carts there, maybe like a little basket. I would think TNT because that's a grocery store. Yeah, that'd be the closest. I think that would have to be the closest. And that is up on the upper level. But I don't think you can take them out into the mall. You can only take them outside. That's a, And, like, go in the perimeter of the mall. That'd be a pretty long walk for you, Kev. Yes, it would be. Um, Roldy says, hey, guys, I like to pick up an extra cart. Look at this guy doing uh, That's what I said. on my way back to the just like Schlemmer. Yeah, makes my moral fiber feel better i guess uh then i think he's got a question for you guys for fantasy frenzy i hope that's not for uh real time yeah well of course they're different teams yes so uh you'll get to that uh, duke and fantasy frenzy for roldy uh sean says the other people that uh uh drive me nuts are the people that who park in the pickup stalls so there's a lot of the pickup stalls now right that you're picking up something oh or it's yeah whatever yeah. or the baby stalls with parents yeah i mean a lot of people do that. And, you know, that's 
you get to the uh, uh, the handicap spots as well, right? The yeah. Wheelchair, I don't know. know. I'm a back of the parking lot guy anyway. I don't want to get my doors dinged up. Yeah. Uh, Vic, is this Playboy Vic too? I don't even know. Uh, yes. There will be a cart outside your entrance, KK. No worries. <laughs> Man, could you? And then zip tie it to. Oh boy. Zip tie it to the, the Duke. Duke snap. I, uh, yeah, that would because I'm going to be out of here in a in a rush today. At the actually, I won't even make it to the tail the full end of Fantasy Frenzy. Yet. Declan Kruger filling in oh. for me for the last 20 minutes. What's going on, Duke? Uh, I'm going down to Nate, uh, my most recent alma mater, um, to do a little. Uh, guest speaking appearance what that's what i said when when they asked when they asked me i was like are you sure well you're Um, a celebrity now no i don't know about that i'm uh, i think they want to ask me what it's like to to mash buttons here with my sausage link fingers (laughs) how do you uh how do you avoid making mistakes as much as possible i hate to say it but we we would have you know practicum students come in all the time for you know many many years and I always said, are you really sure you want to get into this business? That's the first thing that I'd say. Are you really, really sure? Really? And, uh, yeah, oh, it's <laughs> tough because the, the biggest thing in our industry is that there aren't places for younger kids to come in and get a start. Like just yeah. for yourself, and I'm being 100% serious, Duke, for you, you know, you, you got a good start. And for you to do what you're doing right now, there aren't a lot of positions out there. There just aren't. And the smaller towns uh, or cities... They don't have stations anymore. They right. don't have the, the radio stations aren't there. They're you know the TV stations aren't there. That's just the the facts of the industry. So essentially, you got to learn on the fly. Well, you can address this, Duke. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it was um, the the way I landed here was a little odd. To, like I said, not very many people are as fortunate as myself uh, as fresh out of the program to to get this type of a gig. But kind of got uh, in working with mm-hmm. the Nation Network and their connection with um, not only Jason but then yeah. uh, operating our station in the YouTube side of things as well. So and then I did some filling in for Connor Halley yeah. uh, when he was getting married this spring, and it's kind of just about uh, you know making a good impression, working yeah. hard, doing yeah, doing your best, hard. and actually while at the same time doing a good enough job that you're not to like yeah he are works you, we, he works hard but are you gonna but. tell are you gonna tell any farm stories today you know uh only if i get asked but i probably won't oh, okay. I, I don't know how many other hillbillies roll into the nate rat if any of you kids are listening out There's there if any just there. like kramer if any ki- any of you kids are listening out there you stay in school <laughs> uh thanks so much to all our uh, guests today derek van deest uh, mark specter darren bolachak uh, and uh also had Brian Rode on. And special thanks to Shane Doan, our uh, headliner of the day, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, assistant GM, I guess, uh, advisor, and uh, had a lot of good yucks and good stories uh, with our co-host, David Schlemko. Uh, Schlemmer, thanks for getting that going with uh, with Donor. It was lots of fun. Yeah, anytime. It's nice catching up with Shane. It was a lot of fun today. Uh, and thanks so much for all our listeners and for your contributions uh, on the text line and being a part of our show. Uh, Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... Former Roshep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. At uh, 12 o'clock, the lowdown with Alan Mitchell. 2 o'clock, Jason Greger takes us home on Sports 1440 with the Jason Greger Show. Uh, again, thanks so much uh, for listening. Oilers in action tomorrow in Winnipeg. Uh, just ahead of Fantasy Frenzy, it's time now for a Sports 1440 update. Here is the Duke.